0: The following podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Connect, Australia's newest choice for event management and brand development, specializing in pro wrestling. And now, now the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. podcast. Watch global, global. support local, local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. In the B plus. Check it out. Here we go.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen out there in the B Plus land. It is me, it is I, the one they call Mr. Mysterious, and welcome to all the rest, the wrestling podcast that covers all the wrestling news in this wacky, weird world, marvelous world, wondrous world, full of glorious things that we call professional wrestling. It's been an interesting week. It's the first week I've had over here where there's no wrestling on the weekend. My weekend has been clear. I've been able to focus on my other binges. I've been able to finish off Glow Season 3. Make sure to check out the podcast in the next couple weeks to see our recap of that, what we thought about it. I've been catching up on Survivor as well. We're always going to be catching up on The adventures of Harry the Ice Cream Guy and, of course, Maddie Wahlberg of The Game Changers. And, of course, hashtag YeahTheBabes. And, yeah, I've been catching up on my Lucha Underground as well. I'm up to the – I think I'm halfway through Season 1 at the moment where they unveiled the championship, the original championship. I forgot how tacky the original design was until they got the glorious design of their world championship and then the puff, Um, the gifts of the gods, I should say. It's all over the place, but I'm here. I'm here to talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling that's happened this week. There's been a lot. A lot of good stuff, a lot of questionable decisions, mainly on WWE's part. A lot of questionable decisions, some very uh, bad ideas, and stuff that we don't know until it happens. So, without further ado, I'll break that down for you guys. So, as always, where I start Major League Wrestling, episode 70. It's weird to think that we're at, like, 70. It feels like a lot more episodes have come out of Major League Wrestling, but they've just ingrained themselves in the wrestling culture so quickly. I absolutely love them. But we'll start, of course, episode 70, main evented by Alexander Hammerstone of the Dynasty, facing off against the Caribbean champion, Savio Vega. Uh, This one, hmm... There are a lot of good points in this, uh, I'll go through the start, so we opened up with Bestia666 face off against Rey Horus, which, fun fact, uh, both Bestia and Horus are members of a faction in the Crash called the Rebellion Amaria, which uh, I'll tell you the importance of in just a little bit, but Bestia is considered to be their leader while Horus is a newer member, of course, as heavyweight champ of the Crash, and they've got guys like Mechawolf450, heard del Fantasma, or King Cuerno to some people in the Lucha Underground. I'm acclimatizing. It's weird watching Lucha back after all these years. But in terms of this match, um, bits lower than your standard Lucha Libre contest. Like, no joke, uh, Big Boy Mikey of B-Plus Team actually asked me what I thought about Bestia666. And I'm not quite sold on him yet. He's a... His talents lie in being a great hardcore wrestler. He does have a good lucha moveset, but he does wrestle a lot slower than I thought he would. And I don't know if that is like his usual his usual style, or if it's meant to be like a psychological thing. I, I still haven't quite placed him just yet. He's a great asset to Promocional Estorado. He hasn't quite filled the void of low-key, e in my mind, I'm sure that confrontation is going to happen at some point but in terms of his look in terms of his being being linked to selena i think it's fantastic i do want them to invest more in the supernatural element because they make the point that selena summoned him from the depths of hell they try and make it seem like she created bestia out of a black like blood ritual even though like he's from mexico But they, like, they're trying to really invest in that. And if you want to really go that route, make him more darker. Make him more vicious. And like and like I said, I think his strengths lie in being a great hardcore wrestler. But for now, this match didn't quite sell me on him as well. There were some highlights, like a suicide dive from Bestia. Topic on by Horus on the corner ropes. Uh, standing Spanish Fly, that was beautiful. But for the finish, uh, Horus climbed the turnbuckles. But Bessier put his weight against the ropes to cause Horus to lose balance. Bessier picked Horus off the turnbuckles for a muscle buster neckbreaker. Absolutely glorious to pick up the win. Afterwards, Selena came out, entered the ring, cut a bit of a promo, declared herself the greatest promoter in the history of pro wrestling, which I could argue today, yes, it, uh, of all time. Not quite there yet, but she's saying of all time so that she can insult people like Conan, who still has her phone, saying, you're a gangster, right? I would like to think you'd be more of a man and less of a bitch, which, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to defend Conan in the slightest. Uh, but hit Conan's music, which LAX is music, but they've cleaned out the mentions of homicide and the LAX mentions as well. But Conan came out, revealed some damaging information he learned from her phone, so he has openly admitted to be snooping around in her phone and everything else. I've made my thoughts quite clear that I really do not like this direction that they're going with this, but it seems to be more on the Black Mouth side in terms of her business tactics right now. So I think that's, that's a slight improvement. Slight. Uh, but I, I don't like this at all. But yeah. Conan's been busting her scheme of pocketing the title fight bonus that would have went to Vega. So Vega is the main event as I mentioned, so and she was planning to actually sign Savio Vega, but Conan implied that someone actually told Vega. Hmm, who could have done that, I wonder? And then Vega came out with a contract which was like meant to be from Promotions Dorado in his hand and then ripped it into little pieces. Because he found out the truth. selena stood in the ring, screamed as Conan did. A little shoulder shimmy, just like he shrugged it off. He shook it off. He's following a little bit of Tay in his life. Um Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. So this was not part of the so as we're aware, so he's got three wishes that he he wants Selena to do before he gives her back her phone. Right? So of course she could just report him to the police. But no, no, that would be too easy. This is wrestling, after all. So the first thing, of course, was the death match between L.A. Park and Jimmy Havoc, which is going to be happening next week's episode, which I am very much looking forward to. I think they're going to absolutely murder each other, and probably to the extent that it would be a great send-off for Jimmy Havoc, so that he can continue with AEW. If his last match was at L.A. Park, man, it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be great. In terms of the other two things, oh i i hope that they're there, tame and nothing untoward conan that's all i can say next we have a little segment so the tag team champions and well, the dynasty in general so they've got their own little segment their latest episode of the lifestyles of the rich and dynastic so richard holiday still in his smooth pink jacket drinking a martini enjoying the amazing city view of his penthouse that his father purchased with the money from closing the orphanage he keeps he keeps pushing that point, right? Like to make them seem make the dynasty seem like they are just these careless people. He keeps driving the point home that, yeah, I, I ruined an orphanage. Like get new material, holiday, please, get new material. Like, yes, you've used that line a few too many times for me. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, FMJF is uh going, chugga 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 chugga, chugga woo whoop, It is the gift train. So MJF has given his fellow dynasty brethren, Hammerstone and Holiday, gifts. He gave them each a gold Rolex watch, which um if from a couple of weeks ago, I think it wasn't a lifestyles episode, but Hammerstone actually said he's never owned a watch before. And he got a little bit emotional, man. Like it's it's okay for men to express their feelings. And uh yeah, he got a little bit teary-eyed, and he just he hugged MJF and Holiday, and MJF, of course, is freaking out by the display of affection, and he's just like, oh, I hear um, Aria Blake calling me from my bedroom. So, yeah, he just went straight to the sex again. That was that, the implication there. <laughs> yeah, they continue to make jokes by saying um, Teddy Hart is moping around a crack house or under a bridge. They're just being so snobbish right that uh, again so mjf is stating in like a real snobbish way that oh it's so funny that teddy hart is a terrible drug addict right I'm like i have the same problems from my i have of last week i don't understand the point of this you know i mean if that was the real reason because again so the next segment we had was a H2 tv episode which I, I'm glad we still have them. I, I was thinking that only the tag champions would get those episodes. But in terms of that actual, like the whole segment itself, so if you're wondering what the TV episode was about, kissing butt and brown nosing. So they're in a hotel room with Teddy's cats. Pillman's just talking about how he was born to wrestle while MJF was born to kiss ass. It cuts to uh, t- Teddy Hart's cats brown nosing so mr velvet is no nose deep in sir caspian's butt they just they're just getting to know each other a little bit more i suppose like that that's cats for you they're wondrous beats i own to myself <laughs> but hgtv transitioned to smith and hart helping pillman practice salts on a hotel bed but it, it meant nothing it was a absolute it was a segment that did absolutely nothing to further this along like i was thinking maybe that Teddy Hart would respond to MJF calling him a drug addict again, you know, like it's nothing. So they're just throwing these insults out there that don't really mean anything at all. And I think now they're actually trying to, so there's like a arbitration hearing, right? So the dynasty and the Hart foundation are set for an arbitration hearing about the tag team title rematch. So I'm glad that they're actually trying to make a story out of this now because it seemed like a, such a throwaway line to to actually like bring this all together. I don't know. It just seems so weird, right? Uh I'm hoping that it turns out well, but MLW they they can they can salvage it still. Like they haven't lost all hope in my mind. But yeah, it just I have no idea how they're going to rectify like just casually calling Teddy a drug addict. And if that were true, then given their sports centric nature, they'd be trying to find him. They'd be trying to suspend him. They'd be trying to put him under house arrest, something to make it seem like, oh, this is legit. You know, uh, Yeah, I, I digress. Fourth member of Contra Unit has been announced. So last week, of course, the fourth member of Contra Unit, Tristan Ty, as he's known in other promotions, he misted, one of the Von Erichs, and his name in MLW is Ikro Kwan. So we had a very little seedy country unit promo saying they went to the heart of Asia looking for their newest member, right? A pit fighter who has fought in the slums of Singapore, a man who has fought in the tar pits of India, a man so sadistic. He has burnt men with coals, a man who would become the feared underboss of some place i didn't really hear but you're yeah, all the way from asia ikaro kwan and he's got a pretty cool mask as well uh, as part of his graphic which i he does add a nice little uh little mystique there to contra with his fourth member i don't know because I, I, I as i mentioned i don't like simon gotch in contra you can clearly tell that they are trying to hide him as like this weak link but you do have gotcha and samuel actually have a match later on in the episode against ariel dominguez and jay sky who is jay sky a jobber ariel dominguez is the m- best known jobber in mlw as of late and yeah gotcha and samuel just absolutely obl- obliterate them <laughs> dominguez submitted to a camel clutch by samuel samuel took out the railroad spike and jammed it into dominguez's mouth Gotcha insult injury with a PAL driver to Dominguez. It was it was yeah. Big big squash match to make it seem like, yeah. Surprisingly though, Ikaro Kwan wasn't a part of that little beatdown. I thought that would be the nice little welcome to the family brother kind of thing. It didn't end up happening. We get a little bit of an update from Marshall Vlaneric, of course, as you mentioned, got blinded. Casey Lennox interviewed Ross and Tom Lawler. Ross informed them that his brother is seeing an eye specialist after the attack. Ross seems shaken up, then Lawla blurted out, Contra! He's trying to he's trying to seem emotional and torn and angry, but it's just Casey Lennox is talking and then Lawla just went out, Contra! Ah, this is war Right? He's got the crate he's got the crazy eye look down. But yeah, they are preparing for war games or the the war chamber. I forget what it's called now, but it's the war games essentially. They still haven't revealed their fourth member that yet yet but i'm convinced it's low-key just given the the scale of mlw as of late and then mentioning as well with the fact uh the success of Hobbs and shaw being the number one grossing movie in the world right now how he was actually in had a little cameo role in there as well so they're making sure they drive that point home to make it seem like their their success is mlw success so that's that's nice like wwe don't get a chance to they can't have a chance to do that because they've there's no real point to connect it aside from Roman Reigns, I suppose, but it's good that they're not actually like picking fights at each other. Another promo we have there's a, a lot of very promo heavy, but it actually all kind of balanced itself out this week. You had Old Mansa back with the whiteboard. I love the whiteboard with Old Mansa promos. Casey Lace is interviewing about his game plan to take on from Rosh Hashanah I thought we were done with this. Clearly not. Um, but yeah, brought. Warner brought out the whiteboard, asked Lennox to draw some trees. Water then carried in a chainsaw, and he's ready to cut Selena's boys down. Now he's going to pull them out by the roots. He's got a chainsaw, ladies and gentlemen. He's got a freaking chainsaw. God knows what he's going to do with that. I mean, you have to imagine that, again, another hardcore match, maybe against LA Park. Maybe against Bestia again. I, I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine. So promotion is coming under fire from Olmancer, from Conan, Loki's lo- lurking somewhere. So they're they're slowly losing their power. Is what's going on, and eventually it's going to all come crumbling down. When will that happen? We'll find out soon enough. But in terms of the main event, National O Point Championship, Alexander Hammerson in his third defense. Facing off against the Caribbean champion Salvio Vega, I did not like this match at all. I'm sorry. Like Salvio Vega, veteran, veteran wrestler, like known from like early days, like WWE, like even the '90s as well. Like very renowned wrestler. Very slow match, and I wouldn't have minded if the other matches as well weren't that slow. So, like, you had the the squash match with Samael and Gotch. You had the Hordus and Bestia match, which was a slow match as well. I wasn't in the mood for this slow kind of contest, and it showed that Vega kind of got gassed pretty quickly against a guy like Hammerstone, right? Um, Vega, I think he hurt himself running to the corner at one stage, and Hammerstone hit a power slam and a pump-up kick to him, Right? vega was back with one of these patented backward kicks holiday popped up into the atrium so the dynasty came out there with him interestingly enough though the um <laughs> the announcer whose name escapes me the ring announcer he only announced holiday to accompany hammerstone even though mgf came out too so he didn't say the dynasty he just said a company by Richard holiday so I don't know if he's just ostracizing MJF because like, why he, he's the salt of the earth guys. Come on. He's MJF. Like who doesn't love MJF except for everyone, <laughs> but yeah, very bizarre whole thing. So they, they hid Vegas like, like Vegas ring rust and inconsistencies in the ring. They were distracting the referee MJF removed the turnbuckle padding on like the middle corner turnbuckle. Hammerstone shoves Vega into that exposed steel. The referee realizes this and just like, oh, never mind. And then the finish, right? So Hammerstone's nightmare pendulum. Now, I don't know if this was a botch or the fact that Hammerstone is not used to doing his finisher on a guy who's more closer to his side, or to his size, rather. But he did it, and Sabia Vega's legs kind of gave way at the same... They touched first, not his back. And it looked like he broke his leg, right? It looked like it kind of swept under him. And commentary made it seem like it was part of the plan, which good on them. But it looks so ugly. It looks so like putting a dog out of his misery, like old Yeller. It was bad. And it just left a real sour taste in my mouth afterwards. So Hammerstone gratefully looks uh, good after another successful defense. Afterwards, Brian Pillman ran to the ring and stole Hammer's, Hammerstone's jacket. So that is still going on. So uh, fair enough, the Dynasty stole one of the tag titles before they won it. So why not? They stole Hammerstone's jacket, which is his patented thing. But I'll allow it. It's just like a wee bit of randomness. And that was episode seventy. I mean, I love I love the promos, but we're, the the wrestling that we had there wasn't enough for it like there was some quality match like elements in the bestia horus match but uh i did not like the vega match i am so sorry to savio it just did not look good on him or hammerstone it was just that pendulum it looked look it up free on youtube as always MLW. like i still enjoyed myself but man it was just an ugly time and yeah hopefully they can pick up their pace Moving forward with the death match, I have high hopes now for the death match between Havoc and LA Park. So, uh moving on from MLW, ladies and gentlemen, how about we cover a little bit of Elite All Elite Wrestling? So, we've got not only the episode of Being the Elite to cover, but two episodes of Road to All Out. Now, I feel like partly they did this, so we've only got like a month left until All Out. We've only got a couple weeks, actually. Jesus. I feel like they might put some, like, surprise episodes in between now, like maybe do two a week now moving forward, so that we'll get to ten, the perfect ten, and then we'll have a Sean Spears one, dedicated to Sean Spears, maybe. That's my thinking anyway. But out of nowhere, we got gifted with another Road to All Out with, like, a three-minute promo from Brandy Rose. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So episode 165 of Being the Elite was Farewell to Indie Wrestling. Now, usually there's not much to cover with Being the Elite. Usually all the scoops come from road to all out. But there's a couple things in here that I really need to address. So we opened, of course, with uh, the referee who is taking his job very literally in the Being the Elite segment. So Cody accidentally knocked into him and he took a ref bump. Could not move at all. Cody pickpockets him and leaves. Just if he's down, he's down glad to know you Cody that you're still working class there just steal a man's wallet when he's down there <laughs> but in terms of that you're following the young bucks on their very last indie match getting ready to face off against private party for the house of glory match now the big big takeaway from this is not that match like they announced earlier this week of course so private party and the young bucks this is not the last time they will be facing of course because they are all elite and that during the tag team tournament to crown the inaugural tag team champions the young bucks will be facing off against the private party episode two i believe of the tnt episodes which have been sold out by the way Uh, i'll say that in advance i'll cover that later as well but the big news i want to talk about from this episode we found out a new signing, put on your glasses, and put your hands in your pockets, because Orange Bloody Cassidy is all elite, and I am so excited, namely because I am heading to PWA for the Coliseum event in October, that the whole B-plus team are going to be covering all of the festivities for Coliseum, and the first man announced was Orange freaking Cassidy. You can bet that we're going to be just reveling in the majesty that is Orange Cassie, the man of so many like wrestling gifts. Now at this point, like just his style of like you see, it's comedy at first, and then it evolves, and then it gets serious, and then it gets good, it gets great. He's just so entertaining. He's so entertaining. I cannot, I cannot wait to see him in australia boy i'm hoping that we get a chance to talk to him i don't want to jinx it i'm just really happy that i get the chance to see him but orange cassidy if you loved his like if you only saw his stint in the casino battle royal uh just know that that is not all he does he's not just the guy who just taps you on the ankles and just does the little uh tiny kick tiny kick it's not that's that's part of it but you've not seen all of Orange Cassidy yet. Trust me, and I cannot wait. I'm so glad they actually officially signed him. There's got to be so much more room for comedy and just so much more bombastic events that can happen under AEW with a TV show. I'm excited. So that's really the big things that happened from the Being the Elite episode this week. So as I mentioned, really the big news happened in the Road to All Out. So for the episode five of All Out, we cover the best friends, and they're talking about the Dark Order, how they're going to be facing them for the right for a buy-in for the tag team tournament. And it's a nice thing. So usually these are, these road to All Outs, they're like nice in-depth perspectives on the tag team. And in, in a way it was, but I love the best friends, like, why do we have to talk about ourselves? Why do we have to give away how we met? Like, we don't even remember how we met. They're just like why do you have to ruin that that can't they just be best friends i love that approach so we're used to all the wrestling just unveiling the secrets so i'm so glad that the best friends are just like nah we're just mates like that more needs to be said the dark order though those guys need to get their shit together I, i i love that we cover alex marvez doing the stats He works really well as the statistician in these Road to All Out episodes. I'm hoping, again, as Greg Unchain mentioned a couple months ago now, after Double or Nothing, so he'll have more to work with being the stats guy on commentary. Either that or they'll just do a two-man team with Jim Ross and Excalibur moving forward, but I don't think they'll get rid of him entirely, you know? Uh, So he's covering the stats of... The, how long Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes have known each other for. It does, a, we cover, so on the Being the Elite episode and the Road to All Out, it covers Hangman Page's promo to Chris Jericho, how he's going to defy the odds and become the first ever AEW champion. And then we end, of course, with Kenny Omega doing a promo to John Moxley, and he calls in damaged goods. Wow. Just wow. Like he went there. And he's looking forward to his road to redemption, and I was so excited just to have that little morsel of knowledge going into this week of wrestling and then episode six came out and boy, so good, So the Rhodes family not like not just Cody but Dustin and Brandy just they know how to cut promos. they just know like I'm sure Brandy has taken a lot of lessons from Cody and Dustin because man just a short three-minute promo Brandy calling out Sean Spears calling him a piece of shit saying how her husband is a professional wrestler because he lives eats and breathes professional wrestling and saying how it doesn't matter what you call him all that matters is that he is better than you and you better watch your back. It doesn't matter what Tully Blanchard says, you're gone. And I I love this. I love this so much is saying how the rose name just invites people at the target on your back, but they don't care. They accept it and they just run with it. And I, I hope they continue these just fade to black promos because they do AEW, if that's gonna be the the style of promos for their TV series please I welcome that just something simple and straightforward gets to the point doesn't you can remember what they say that's the thing what can you remember on a raw or a smackdown recently just what the words were said for a pro and how long it dragged on and on and on and these like you do not need that like less is more sometimes and in this case it worked out fantastically Right, so that was the AW news this week. The NWA also are full steam ahead as well. They are getting the nostalgia train in gear, ready for their their show coming soon, late September, early October. And no Ten Pounds of Gold episode as such, but it was a they did a episode entitled Legacy of NWA Ten Pounds of Gold. So they covered the entire history and the original story of Billy Corgan buying the NWA back in twenty seventeen. They even showed the comments from wrestlers like wrestling with regret. I, I love that opening. I was thinking like, oh my god, what is what are they doing on on ten pounds of gold? But it's just covering the reactions from people when Billy Corgan bought the NWA and it's covering the history from the forties to the fifties to the sixties, touching on Harley race, of course, rest in peace, and just the evolution and how billy corgan is saying like 70 years on the nwa is as relevant now as it's ever been which a lot of marketing but it's definitely getting up there in this landscape of pro wrestling man i it just it feels like the territory scene again the landscape is just shifting for the better and of course for any further thoughts on the landscape you should be checking How the Landscapes Changed podcast on the B Plus here. Uh, Lance covers those really well. You should go have a listen. As of all our stuff, of course, including my own, like shameless plug there. But before we get into all the other wrestling news from this week, all the signings, some injuries, some other big news from WWE and AEW and the such, let's hear from Greg with our sponsors.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey everyone, just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, On the gaming field, that's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game and to dominate in all areas of life so check out outbreaknutrition.com and for being a listener of our podcast they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B plus that is B P L U S at checkout so make sure if you want to stay on top of your game if you want to take your performance to the next level outbreaknutrition.com enter the code B plus at checkout Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B-Plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things. And everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch, global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com
1: slash the B plus and subscribe today. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. How about we get into right into the swing of things, talking about all the people who have just signed on, who have made a grand return to the stage of professional wrestling, does it not matter the promotion, we're going to try and cover as much as we can. Not so much an announcement, so it's just an unveiling, so we knew from a, like last month that Braun Strowman re-signed with WWE for a multi-year deal, we found out from, I believe the gorilla position that he revealed that it was a four-year deal, which sounds about right, and also, like, you should have a read of that interview as well, where he covered like why he thinks he hasn't been a champion, like either the Universal Champion or the WWE champion. He's very humble, like he knows how to uh, he knows how to seem like an ambassador of WWE. He's taken a lot of cues from Roman Reigns, I think, because speaking of the big dog, he announced that he has signed a new multi year deal with WWE shock and horror i know the big dog is a complete loyalist to wwe where where would they be without him he's the top guy in wwe like sorry seth rollins but you're kind of a dick (laughs) based on your social media and the such from the past few months you just you've painted yourself in a very bad light my friend but yeah roman reigns conducts himself as the figurehead of wwe and he is the golden boy like, why wouldn't he? And it, it does, like, even though we don't know how long he's signed on for, Roman Reigns revealed in, like, Hobbs and Shaw, like, press conference that he thinks he's got, like, five more years of wrestling in him full-time. And after that, maybe do a part-time schedule, maybe just retire. Who knows? You never know with WWE, left. Like, if the Saudi money comes knocking and stuff like that. But no, I'm happy for Roman. Very good news for him. I can't imagine him being anywhere else than WWE at this point. So no matter what we think of the brand or whether we think how it will fare once AEW get on their feet, I see Roman as the face to try and lead WWE through that those Wednesday Night Wars going forward. But we have some other signings. So the Performance Center have got a lot of people. I mean a lot. The latest batch of signings. For the performance center, so I'll go through as many of them as I can. So we've got Alexander Jaxic, who is trained by Santina Morella, he's a 24-year-old wrestler. EJ Nduka is a champion bodybuilder. Like seven feet, like big ass guy, like big black muscle. He is pretty much, and I'm sure in the moment this big Man looked at him, he's just like, You're in, because he's got a hard on for the big sweaty men. <laughs> Catalina Garcia she of course wrestled as la diva de ring jesse i believe in uh, was it AAA or the crash i can't remember which promotion it was but it was in mexico brianna brandy so she, she's a hip-hop artist turned a wrestler so she used to tour with soldier boy cranked that in the sunch <laughs> god i can't remember the last time i listened to soldier boy jesus christ we had a Tehuta miles, miles who's a former soldier He almost died in serving his country in Afghanistan. Got a guy named Marcos Gomez, who's a Muay Thai instructor. A lot of diverse backgrounds here for the Performance Center. Rita Reyes is a multi-time medalist in Jiu-Jitsu and Judo. So those are just like some of the smaller names of people that have joined the Performance Center. But the two other people that I want to talk about. So Santina Garrett, Santana Garrett, I should say. So she's now joined the brand. Now, this isn't her first time in WWE. She's actually wrestled like eight matches for the company as part of the, the May Young Classic. And she's done some stints with NXT, like doing some quiet stuff as well. So it's just like an official, official thing. She, of course, wrestled under the name Brittany in Impact Wrestling, former champion there, uh, former NWA women's champion, I should say. So she is a very accomplished wrestler. And now they're just going to give her the chance to be a part of NXT proper. But the big, big one after NXT TakeOver Toronto, he was spotted in the crowd. Freaking Austin Theory, the Evolve champion, is joining WWE. It's no surprise. The surprise, though, is the fact that he is still the Evolve champion. The guy is only 22. He's got the look of a WWE superstar. He's got the skill set in terms of like promos and everything else absolute dick on the mic he's just like he's that cocky and athletic and he knows it and he would do wondrous things in NXT he would he looks like that guy who in five years could be the world champion I I would call that now in five years and who knows with like AEW facing off against WWE in the future I can see them putting a guy like Austin Theory in the heavyweight title picture because he's that damn good. He just needs a bit of seasoning and he'll be great. So I'm very, I'm very not confused. I'm very curious how long he's going to hold on to the evolved title while he's under the employment of WWE. It shouldn't matter too much because they have that working relationship. But yeah, those are the, those are all the big multiple names coming. the, well, whereas Impact Wrestling have a revolving door of talent, WWE just trying to cram as much people in there as possible, and yeah, we all know why. But some other people who returned to WWE, the boss, Sasha Banks, after four months, after four months of theorizing and predicting and just waiting for her to make a move, saying she's going to exit a contract, she's going move, like, to move to AEW. She's going to get fired somehow. Finally, she just decides to go back and wrestle. So whether she renews her contract, or whether she just lets it leave, and lets it wait out, right? But she came back at the best absolute time. She's on the raw brand. She attacked Natalia, who was celebrating the one year, like in celebrating, she was mourning the loss of her father like one year after he passed away. She comes out, attacks Natalia. Becky Lynch tries to save her. Doesn't end up happening. Sasha completely destroys Becky Lynch with a steel chair. And immediately, Sasha is back in the women's title picture. Could, could have a feud with either Natalia, Becky, or both for Clash of Champions. I could see it maybe doing a triple threat. They don't necessarily need to. Maybe just to make sure that Sasha is okay or that Natalia is. Like something, but again, it's completely reinvigorated the women's division because no one was at the same level of Becky Lynch on that roster. No one had the chance to be at that level just yet. So, immediately, Sasha right in the picture again. She's come at the best time. I'm glad they did it on Raw and not SummerSlam. I kind of half expected them to do it for her to go on SmackDown and just join up with Bayley again or something or other, but I'm glad that they figured out the right kind of mix to do there some other signings we have so vanilla vaga i hope i'm pronouncing that right so impact are currently in mexico doing some tapings she actually debuted recently for them so those episodes haven't been released just yet i think they're doing that their last week of canadian tapings from windsor ontario and then we'll see that hopefully next week week after let's see what happens there so in terms of returns so this is not a return to full-time, like, full-time wrestling. Like, this is like a, a rumour thing. So the G1's finished. If you want to hear our full thoughts on that, check out our Kings of the Sports podcast where we cover everything that happened from the G1. Of course, the winner of that, Kota Ibushi. Big congratulations, to him. The only man to win the G1 Climax and the best of the Super Juniors. The only man who's ever done that before. I'm glad that if it was going to be anybody, it would be a Ibushi. So that was awesome for him. But the big news coming out of that, so Kenta turned on his mates in the six-man tag and joined the freaking Bullet Club. And I'll, I'll be touching on this later as well. So Kenta joined the Bullet Club, and the, the thing that surprised everybody is that Katsuyori Shibata came out to try and, like, beat up kenta and it made storyline sense and stuff and like the crowd was so white hot now you'll notice that he didn't take a bump right they just choked him out and then they they kind of kicked him in the head and stuff like that but he never took like a bump per se and the dude has been out of wrestling for like two years because of the headbutt hurt around the world in his match against okara he gave himself like a hematoma from that vicious headbutt, it was absolutely ugly. Like you can, I can still remember it. Like, ugh. seriously. Look up Shibata's headbutts, especially the one to Okada. So, if you're wondering what this meant, like him actually coming to attack Kenta. Now, it, like according to Dave Meltzer and everyone else, this was merely a one-off, and he has been cleared to wrestle a match. There's no indications that he's doing anything for a match or anything like that. Like things can always change, though. So like, I can see, I don't necessarily think that they would bring him back to do a match because they'd really wouldn't want to risk like, especially the Japanese star They wouldn't want to risk someone like Shibata, like getting back in the ring, but I can see him being like in a like a managerial role or just like a valet, just like coming out and helping to cost Ken to a match or something, trying to thwart the bullet club in some way, shape or form. I can see that happening moving forward, like, you have guys as well, like, Karamu Takahashi, who's still not yet cleared for an in-ring return. They, they reckon it'll be, like, late summer. But, again, that's still up in the air. So, I think the, trust me, those moments in quick succession of Shibata coming out and Kenta joining the Bullet Club, they was amazing. amazing. like Just the, the perfect way to cap off the G1 Climax after, like, that tournament as well finished that it was just an absolutely beautiful moment in terms of injuries. I'm glad to say it's people coming off the bench and not being put on there. So Paige is underwent successful next surgery. We mentioned last week that she had to get some more work done. Uh, so the surgery was successful. Hopefully she can enjoy a better quality of living and she can get back to managing the Kabuki warriors, which I'm hoping that they get a chance to do stuff on Raw and SmackDown. On Raw, I should say, just because they haven't done anything with the Women's Tag Team Title Division. I'm I'm just going to say that flat out. But another person as well who's been cleared, Dr. Britt Baker. So she suffered a concussion at one of the shows last month, and it was a little bit unclear whether she would actually be competing in the Casino Battle Royal for All Out but just just today hot off the desk it, she's been naturally cleared to compete so i'm i assume that she'll be a part of that casino battle royal she like i honestly think she's going to be geared up to be the inaugural women's champion for aw i can see it happening right uh one person who we don't know what's happening another person who's kind of in question marks kylie ray so she's kind of been very quiet on the social medias for a. Quite a while like she's um she took off one of her social medias uh and it kind of removed mentions of wrestling off it I why she would do that I don't know I am hoping that she's everything's okay with her because man like she's I think she was going to be geared up to face off against Britt Baker that she was going to be building two all-outs to crown the inaugural women's champion Again, no news is good news, but just the fact that Kylie Ray is a bit quiet at the moment has got us feeling a little bit sus. No people leaving as such as well. So thankfully, this is a good news week for people like like injuries and leaving and such. So there's no one like getting injured again or having to leave a company. The only people leaving or having a break is Finn Balor, but he's going on holidays, man. He lost his match against The Fiend at SummerSlam, which yowie wowie, that was amazing. (laughs) And, yeah, he's going to have a couple months off to celebrate being engaged. So good luck to him. Hopefully he comes back with a fresh new gimmick. Got some big news to cover. So uh, one of the things, one of the big announcements from Major League Wrestling was that they have done another partnership. So they have partnered with The Crash. In Mexico and apparently Selena De La Renza was a big figure in them making this collaboration now aside from AAA and CMML the crash is one of the hottest growing brands in Mexico if you want to hear all things Lucha go listen to Big Boy Mikey on his local Lucha Libre podcast where he covers everything in in terms of Lucha Libre he covers all of the Mexican wrestling that he can find and he, he does a very concise job. Like I really like love listening to it. I think it's fantastic. But yeah, I am very curious. And I love the fact that so you have some Aussie boys in the crash. You have like Australian Suicide, who does two tours around Mexico. But you've got guys like Adam Brooks, like Craven. I would love to see them in Major League Wrestling. So Adam Brooks has officially debuted in Major League Wrestling, right? I expect to be part of their pay-per-view in November. That's just me. But I would love to see Craven MLW, man. That would be incredible. Like, like, big fan of the channel. Wish nothing but success for him in the future with all his endeavors. But yeah, MLW just seems to be making all the right moves. They just like No one is broadcasting all the amazing partnerships that MLW are doing. It's crazy to me how they are just slowly sneaking in all these talent so that they partnered with Noah last week. They partnered with the crash this week. Now they've made another partnership this week, which is not a wrestling promotion as such, but they partnered with martial arts advanced research systems. It's an innovation lab, which is designed to explore athlete development and injury prevention. So they're partnering with these guys to look into making their fighters work harder, recover faster, it's a sports analytics and insights company, and just the fact that they partner with these guys just adds that extra sports-centric feel that I love about Major League Wrestling. Add to that, you have guys like I, I don't—I didn't even mention Tony Schiavone is back in Major League Wrestling. As much as I didn't like this episode of this recent episode of Major League Wrestling, the fact that Tony Schiavone was back on commentary, oh, it was so good. It was so good to hear him. Like maybe the only person who's actually left. I should say it's Jim Cornette, which, um, good riddance. <laughs> good riddance, that's all I'll say on that. But in terms of the news this week, guys, I'll cover all the AEW news as much as I can. So episodes two and three of their, the seating for their weekly TV show, October 9th and October 16th, they went on sale not too long ago, and in less than an hour, both shows got sold out both of them it's it bowls the mind just how the hype for AEW is not dying down at all if anything it's getting more intense and it's going I like of course next week they're going to be announcing episodes four and five the locations for those tapings and the the locations for them when the tickets will go on sale I expected them are going to get quicker and quicker like maybe god we could probably get like half an hour. I I wouldn't be surprised. Half an hour sellouts, depending on where they are. They're just, the hype train is real. We found out for episode three. So episode two is really going to be focusing on the tag team tournament to crown the inaugural tag team champions, which will be happening. I believe not. We'll we'll be crowning on that night, but it'll be a tournament throughout the tapings. But episode three is going to be a real kicker. So It'll be the first defenses of the Women's Championship and the World Championship. They will both be defended. So, once we crowd our inaugural champions out of Chris Jericho and Adam Page, and then the winner of the Casino Battle Royal facing off against someone else for the Women's Championship, they will have to defend the belts. I'm hoping it's not just a rematch and that it's an actual defense against someone else. But. they're making, they're, they're clearly making all the right moves. And I love that we know this in advance. And now, like, the speculation is on. Who is it going to be defending against? To add some more fuel to the fire, AEW have actually revealed, well, not so much AEW, but Cody Rhodes answered a fan on Twitter about the wrestling roster moving forward. And he's actually saying that about only 40% of the roster has been revealed. 40%. That's insane. Like, and there's been about, Oh, how many how much people do they have like, about 50 60 like this means that their wrestling roster has got to be over 100 and something now but they just have been keeping people quiet for the right moment I am worried so I'm hoping that this is kind of just to big up AEW a little bit and not quite literal because if it is because I love the fact that AEW's roster is so uh contained and that you can focus on like everyone's storylines, you know, moving forward, like everyone on all the wrestling, I can tell you what the story is, their direction they're going for. I, I love it, and I'm worried that they 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 know what they're doing. But I'm going to say it anyway: the fact that I don't want them to oversaturate their roster, I don't want them to just stuff their product to the gills with talent, which I'm sure they um give them a lot of chance to shine. But they only have the one show, two hours, right? and like, WWE, just years of watching WWE has made me nervous about hearing that there's going to be more wrestlers and other promotions. So I feel like it was partially in jest. But if it wasn't, I hope AEW know what they're doing and just tread lightly. That's all I will say. Please just tread lightly. We found it as well that there's a new match announced for All Out. We have Rio versus Hikaru Shida. That match, like, so... Another match to showcase the amazing talent, the amazing Joshi wrestlers that AEW have acquired through their partnerships, through their acquisitions from throughout Asia. I reckon it's going to be a real highlight of that match. I, I expect both of those women to be a part of the Casino Battle Royal, and just doing double duty because, again, the Josie wrestlers are just something else entirely. So that's really the AEW news moving forward, guys. I do have some other indie news before I touch based on everything else so as i mentioned last week how the uh person who helped stop the ohio shooter last week was a wrestler by the found that jeremy granger so the article i read just had him as ganger it was just a bad typo so that was apologies on my front um on my side ladies and gentlemen so jeremy granger he's actually released a gofundme to support his medical bills so he actually in, in um, stopping the the attacker, he actually suffered some shrapnel injuries. So he just needs to cover his medical expenses. I think the GoFundMe raised about $900 or so of the $1,000 target since I last checked. But that's still on there. Like We put the link on our Facebook page if you want to donate and help show your support to him in stopping yet another tragedy in America. I thought I'd just... Uh, put that through here if you weren't aware of it but yeah just I hope nothing but the best for that man and yeah hopefully it gives him a nice bit of notoriety that a wrestler stepped up and just stood in the face of just a man with an assault rifle but moving on from that ladies and gentlemen we have some WWE news going forward and the king of the ring tournament is back after a four-year hiatus king of the ring is back this is in no way no way linked to the g1 climax no never at all it totally is but uh because i'm i'm really surprised because vincent man is renowned renowned for hating tournaments right if you notice like we haven't had the cruiserweight classic this year we haven't had the may young classic I, i'm surprised I, i'm hoping they still do it this year but there's been nothing, absolutely nothing. And it, it's just a response to how Japan are just crushing it, like how New Japan are crushing it with like John Moxley appearing on there. And this is just them trying to dip into their bag of old tricks. Now we have 16 wrestlers announced and they were starting from this week's Raw and SmackDown. It would be like, for the next few weeks, we're going to be having these series of matches, King of the Ring qualifiers, and the winner, will, the two finalists, will face off at Clash of Champions to crown off the 2019 King of the Ring. You have guys like I'll try and run through the list: Cesara versus Samoa Joe, Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn, The Miz versus Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens versus Elias. I wonder who's going to win that one. Ali versus Buddy Murphy. Chad Gable versus Ch- Shelton Benjamin. I'm going to touch on that in a second. And Apollo Crews versus Andrade. A lot of interesting names here. Uh, I'd love it if, if Ricochet won because he's named King Ricochet online. So he's he's already got the name, people. He just needs the official title and he's there. But this could give an opportunity to so much talent like Drew McIntyre, the chosen one. Like the, the self fulfilling prophecy of Drew McIntyre finally getting something in WWE. Like I could see it helping Cesaro. I could see it helping guys like Ali or Buddy Murphy. It would be amazing. Kevin Owens is the most likely person because they kind of realize that he is borderline on that Stone Cold level, like Stone Cold one on the King of the Ring, right? Now we've had some legendary kings of the ring in past, of course, like Kurt Angle or King Booker. But, yeah, I, I can see Kevin Owens going all the way to the finals and winning, that that's just me. But you you place your bets on who you think will win moving forwards. We'll, we'll do a sweepstake in the B+. Plus. We'll see who wins that one. Uh, I've just made my predictions known. Kevin Owens locking it in, and we'll see what happens after that. Yeah, as much as uh, it's very blatant why they're doing it, I, I love the King of the Ring. Like, I loved William. Like I remember growing up, I grew up in the Ruthless Aggression era when William Regal won the King of the Ring and just that image of him on the throne. Like, oh, he was so good. He was so good, ladies and gentlemen, and more people need to experience the wonder that is the King of the Ring. It's just, it does, you don't necessarily have to have the King gimmick moving forward, although Booker T was so good with that gimmick, let's, see, let's be fair. But, yeah, it's just a nice little rub for some stars and for a lot of talent that are just hungry to get some more recognition because there are a lot of them in WWE, let's be real. So there are a lot of questionable decisions that WWE makes, or that Vince McMahon makes, to be fair. Uh, (laughs) But this is not one of them. This is actually a good decision on their part, and that is to do with Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. The Fiend. Now... As I mentioned, he had his match SummerSlam, his big, big match, where he came out with his own head as a lantern and the theme mask on and just his entire moveset. Oh, it was wonderful. It was absolutely glorious. But you'll notice that on this week's episodes of Raw and SmackDown, he was not a part of it. And for those of you wondering why, it was by choice, because WWE realized, like, holy shit, this could be big. This could be a really big deal, and they want to make sure that they're using sparingly, so they don't oversaturate his appearances. They make them mean something. That he has a specific target in mind, and to give the idea that you never know where the fiend will show up. God, yes, just absolutely yes. Like, I, I think WWE like the creative, the creative writers have been waiting for years for a character like this to show up in some form. And I'm, I'm so glad that Bray Wyatt has reinvented himself as this Mr. Rogers type character for Firefly Funhouse. And then the demonic fiend split personality. It's just brilliant. I want him to keep destroying legends. I want him to, I, I I'm hoping his next matches against Alistair Black, let's be real, because that is just a match made in heaven. Or hell, depending on your beliefs. <laughs> but yeah, Yowie, wowie, that is why he was not on this week's episode of Raw on Smackdown. So just, you can just wait in anticipation when exactly he will show up again. So just another thing to try and entice people to come back to the product after the ratings have just gone. Just through the toilet to a lot of things. So, yeah, that good decision on WWE's part by doing that. How are they doing with their other stuff? Not great. Not great at all. Uh, they've been cancelling numerous house shows. Like, there was a good five of them that had been cancelled, right? Like, there's some in uh, LA for the 23rd, Lafayette like Lafayette's on the 24th, Mobile, Alabama, the 25th, like Portland, Missouri. Or oh, Portland, my, my geography of America is not that great. But yeah, a whole week of house shows were cancelled. And for the reason why, it seems like the idea is they weren't getting enough ticket sales in advance, so they weren't getting the numbers like, like AEW are doing, like selling out in an hour. Like, oh my God, there's a, a WWE show next to us. Like, we should go buy tickets. No one is saying that anymore. But the reason that they're doing that is to make the quarterly drop seem not as big, or to make investors think that their numbers are still okay. Like with their atten- the quarterly, the second quarter attendance average from house shows is four thousand seven hundred. That is low. That is really low. And it will work for a little bit. But and, and interesting enough, so this the the shows that they cancelled. These are the ones that apparently Kane was supposed to return for the Maranox County. So the fact that he is actually they've cancelled all these means that maybe probably Kane is not going to be returning to WWE, which is sad, but it is what it is. Being an investor, like you cannot be fooled by this. That is so blatantly obvious that WWE are just. Padding the numbers, and anyone who is investing their money moving forward, they they have to know that they are investing in a a, in seems like a lost cause. Just the fact that they everything is telling them that the numbers are down in like in revenue, in house sales, in merchandise, like in confidence. Like pick pick anything, anything, everything is down for WWE at this point, and this is just a just a blatant tactic to just try and make it seem like everything's fine everything is not fine ladies and gentlemen and you'd think that wwe would be doing damage control in a good way but not like in a seedy business kind of tactic way but uh yeah wwe aren't going to be changing their their stripes uh anytime soon by looks of it because we have some other news as well about uh the nxt brand so i think it was last week week before i was talking about this so nxt is being rumored to have its own little episode on fox on fox sports one which will put it head to head with aew for their october release and now there's rumors that nxt might be put on to the usa network which is the network that has raw and again same rules apply Two hours live show from Full Sail University directly in opposition of AEW's TNT episodes. Like my feelings are exactly the same as like from last week, week before. It's going to like I'm I'm very grateful that more stars in NXT will get the chance to shine, but if AEW like skyrocket in popularity, which of course they will, who's going to get blamed for it? NXT. And the fact that it'd be a live show, Vince McMahon would have to get involved in some capacity. And I do not want that for any of the roster. Any of them. They do not deserve that. They, they've they been scurried away by Triple H. Like, that no one should be touching them. And I, I'm just worried, man. I'm worried that NXT, like they, there's very capable wrestlers. There's amazing wrestlers in NXT, right? Like you have TakeOver going up against shows like double nothing or all in or all out hopefully like i hope that's going to be like an amazing show like i i don't it's in terms of the war like yes the wwe like their big front runner is nxt in terms of their the guys who are leading charge in terms of the quality of the product but I don't want that for NXT to be the fall guy because I can guarantee you, like WWE need to find fall guys for something. They need to blame people for something and I worry that they're going to just blame the brand and they're just going to scrap it in some way or they're going to punish those guys and I do not want to see that at all. So yeah, don't trust Vince McMahon. He can be sweet one moment, but man, the other instances, he might even say... Uh, renege on a handshake agreement because we have word uh, rumors of course all hearsay at this point but you can see this actually being real absolutely real that Dolph Ziggler had a handshake agreement with Vincent Man to try and leave the company he tried to leave right he wanted his last match with the company to be this week's Raw where he faced off against The Miz now he had his match against Goldberg where he just sold like an absolute G, like he saw like an absolute certified G, right? Those like the spear. I'm not done yet. You get your ass back here. Another spear. Didn't even hurt. Didn't even hurt. Goldberg, get your ass back out here. Another spear again. It was beautiful. <laughs> it's you needed a moment just to laugh in SummerSlam. That was it. And again, he put over Miz on Raw. And the handshake agreement was that he would do that and not to go to another company but he's got other stuff going for him like he wants to I think he's trying to do like a movie with his brother he's trying to be a comedian whether you'd like his style of comedy or not like that's just subjective but yeah he wasn't going to like go to AEW or somewhere or other he was just like I have other endeavors I want to pursue I want to leave the company please make that happen and then after raw apparently this man went nah, I want to just keep you under contract. I want to keep you scurried away because I don't want anyone trying to grab you. So he's just going to say, you know what? I'd just rather pay you to sit at home and do nothing. Which, like, it sounds like a dream job, you know? Your boss is actually paying you to stay at home and do nothing. But wrestlers, they want to wrestle or they want to do other things. And WWE's contracts are so... They borderline on illegal in a lot of ways. Like how it's been managed to stay like that for so long baffles the mind. But again, I, Dolph Ziggler did not want to wrestle for another company. He just wanted to leave and just like I want to be a comedian. And like the punchline is he never he doesn't he just has to sit at home. That's the punchline. That's Vince's punchline to Dolph Ziggler, who has been his characters like pretty much dead in the water he's suffered so many losses right like uh, since like the 2014 rumble right he's just been absolutely worthless and coming back from selling to Goldberg after after all that like there's nothing for him like going forward and it we'll see really if this is all true in some capacity if we see him on the next episodes of raw and smackdown in the next couple weeks, which is not a part of the King of the ring tournament. I, I feel like this is true. I feel like this is true. And then we might not see him for a little while. Yeah. I just, I feel bad. Like you would think that there would be some kind of integrity there, especially if you have a handshake agreement with the boss. Like, but this man, is a temperamental fellow, uh, as he is displays week after week after week. Because I have to keep talking about him week after week after week. It's it it. Excuse me while while I die of not surprise, ladies and gentlemen. To quote a comedian that I heard recently. Got another couple stories before we finish. So we had uh, Alicia Fox. Uh, apparently, she was at the SummerSlam weekend. A fan art actually asked me what her status is with the company. So. Back in February, she apparently wrestled while intoxicated, which uh, Arne Anderson was the producer of the company at the time, one of the producers who actually allowed it to happen, knowing that she was intoxicated, which can be very dangerous, and like that's the reason that Arne Anderson left the company. But in terms of Alicia Fox, she has been in contract limbo so she's not left the company she's not been fired or anything but she hasn't wrestled since february and so she was at SummerSlam weekend and apparently she got kicked out for being a drunken mess according to pro wrestling insider that she got booted out from doing any activities related to what they were doing and like a canada they have like strict stuff they, they kicked out Uh, Jimmy Uso for the GUIs that he suffered from last week, like week before that, like they don't let anyone in their borders in terms of alcohol related, like charges. And Alicia Fox came there and she was an absolute drunken mess, according to sources. And yeah, it's just sad. Like maybe again, maybe her situation is like she's being forced to sit on the couch and not do what she loves it's just it's it's sickening and again maybe if there's any like she might be in a certain situation and oh surely she needs to seek, seek help in some form but it doesn't seem like the company are actually trying to help her out at all and they're just like woodworth kind of tuck you away and hope no one notices you until the con- your contract is up and then you're on your own you're dead in the water. Like, it's just, yeah. So, we go from the, the disappointing to the sad to the WTF. So, the WTF moment for this week also comes from WWE, unsurprisingly, is that the rumor is, is that a certain wrestler will be getting a new name. What is that name? Shorty G. Shorty G. Just rolls off the tongue, ladies and gentlemen. Just you can hear fans, thousands of fans, in house shows just clapping, Shorty G, Shorty G. No, I don't see that happening. But the person who is rumored to get this lovely new name change is Chad Gable, you poor bastard. So WWE recently trademarked the name Shorty G in with the intention of actually using it for one of their one of their superstars. Now we don't know who it's exactly for but based on the directions that they're going with so shelton benjamin which who has been having these promos where he's just looking around and just doing his crazy smile and just doing nothing he uh ran into chad gable in the hallway and chad gable just said hey man what's going on and all shelton said to him was shorty and then left right now, these guys are facing off in the King of the Ring tournament as well, so this will really be an, an indication of what's going to happen. But, yeah, if you're going to connect those two dots, you would think that Chad Gable is going to be become, he's going to digivolve into Shorty G, just the worst rapper, the, the worst, like, white rapper name or just, like, the absolute douchebag name you could think of is... Especially for like, well, I thought we moved past these like gimmicks, right? I would expect this from like the early two thousands, the late nineties. I don't really expect this stuff in twenty nineteen from WWE. Like you had, I could, I would expect a guy like Shorty G to be a part of Too Cool with Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hottie, just like or like a pretender who just came for a dance segment with Rikishi, not an actual legitimate wrestler like chad gable who has won tag championships in nxt raw and smackdown like a little quiet victory there he's been doing great work on 205 live this is the like his um his future is looking pretty bleak if he um gets this name gifted to him and who would have thought of a name like shorty g in 2019 who has the childish mindset who is so crazy enough to have even concocted the name shorty g to be trademarked well there's only one man the black cloud of wwe according to jimmy jacobs the crazy man but that's where we're going to leave things right now ladies and gentlemen it's just on that note of shorty g i bit you a Jew. <laughs> that's yeah, been this week in wrestling ladies and gentlemen if you want to follow me on all the social i'm at mr mysterious 107i on facebook instagram twitter youtube and grapple hit me up and let me know what you think about the name shorty g and the weird decisions from wwe this week in terms of their talent moving forward because man it's a weird time in professional wrestling isn't it if you want to follow us here collectively at the b plus we are at the b plus wrestle on twitter because wrestling wouldn't fit and the B-plus wrestling everywhere else. Make sure guys, you check out our Patreon. Any amount you could donate would be greatly appreciated so we can keep giving you all what you want, when you want, showcasing the very best of Australian wrestling and keeping you up to date on all the wrestling news from around the globe. Like, share, subscribe, hit that five star review. I've been Mr. Mysterious for all the rest, and I'll see you later.